Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks presented by PolyScience. You are chopping it up with Chuck. I'm the editor-in-chief here with Cannabis and Tech Today. We always bring you the great guests in the world of cannabis, uh, hemp, uh, the whole the whole business side of the game, and today is no different. We have Ian Beckles. He is a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He is also a media and TV radio personality and a man who is known around town all over South Tampa. We have Ian Beckles. Ian, welcome to Cannabis Tech Talks. Good to be here on this uh, award-winning podcast. Good to see you. Thank you, man. You know, when you win an award, you got to kind of, you got to make sure that you, you mention that. Otherwise people don't know. Agreed. <laughs> so, uh, Ian, I probably did not do justice to your, uh, uh, to your bio, but would you mind just telling the audience just a little bit about your background, uh, uh, you know, as your, as your playing career, and then we'll start talking a little bit more about your advocacy for the plant and, uh, you know, what you got going on right now. Well, you did a great job. Uh, I'll get a little bit more in depth about me. Um, I was born in Canada. My parents are West Indian. Um, I got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1990 in the fifth round. Uh, started in Tampa Bay for seven years and ended up playing for the Philadelphia Eagles for two years. So I got nine years in the league. Um, after the league, you know, try to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. Uh, got into restaurant business a little bit kind of fell into the radio business and uh, I've been in radio business for 25 years now. Uh, first on the Ron and Ian show, now Beckles and Retcher. Uh, so that's, that's my love. And another love I have is cannabis. And uh, I've become an advocate for cannabis to the point where, like, I think I'm the only, you know, uh, media member in the, the Tampa area who brings up cannabis and tries to let people know that it's a plant here to help us. So, um, I'm not scared of people's perception of me anymore. And that's definitely changed here in the last little while. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? It feels like we're part of a, uh, you know, we're part of this like group. It's like a, uh, uh, a group that inside it, we're all like, yeah, man, you know, this plant it's healing, it's helpful. It's good. It brings people together, but people outside that circle, they kind of sort of look at us a little bit sideways, don't they? Well, I mean, I'm finding out that those people outside the circle are the ignorant ones. And I'm, and I'm not trying to, you know, generalize, but sure. if somebody says something negative about cannabis, I start mm -hmm. asking them some questions. I say, are you a drinker? Mm -hmm. uh, do, uh, do you, are, do you, are you against pills? If their mm -hmm. answer is yes, 100%, then we'll start keep on talking. But usually it's just about being mad at a plant that they don't yeah. know anything about for me. And so to me, it's about ignorance and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say ignorance, it's just lacking of knowledge. And there has been a, there has been a really powerful uh, disinformation campaign against cannabis that's been going on for man, probably like, like, like a hundred years. Well, I don't think it's ever going to stop because they're still going to have uh, those that are, I guess, powered by big pharma. I mean, mm -hmm. it still it still exists. Listen, I'm as we speak right now. I'm in my podcast room, but my podcast room exists in my Cava and Kratom bar. Okay, I have a, yeah. I have a Cava and Kratom bar in Tampa, Florida. And listen, this is Kratom. It's a tea. Okay, I drink it in lieu of alcohol and pills, and it makes me feel good. And there's people yeah. trying to ban this too. Yet there's millions of people dying from pills, but nobody's really trying to jump out over that. So this, we have our priorities. Our priorities aren't aren't right. 
and this at this point. Yeah, yeah, and it's and uh, you know you as as an athlete, um, and we've you know we've had some um, some other athletes you know on the uh, on the podcast before. We just had Lofa Tatupu the other day. Um, right. I got a chance to see you guys both in Tampa. It was a great panel. Um, can you just talk to the audience a little bit about you know kind of kind of how. Uh, athletes back when you were playing, you know, how you dealt with, with pain and how, you know, kind of the, the science, if you will, was compared to, you know, how it's going today. Well, I mean, how we dealt with pain was the way the doctors presented it to us. And that was, uh-huh. with pill. that was with pills. Uh, a yeah. lot of it was anti-inflammatories. Uh, a lot of it was Vicodin. A lot of it was Percocets, a lot of stuff that's killing people every single day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't smoke marijuana until I was 35 years old. I was around it since I was 12 years old. But some for some reason, uh, I was fearful of it growing up. And it wasn't of what the plant was doing. It's how it can kind of slow down my dreams, okay? Because you heard of athletes not make it because of marijuana. And still to this day, if somebody gets busted for marijuana, I still think they're dumb as hell, okay? Because nothing yeah. is worth passing up millions of dollars, Okay. Most of the leagues have come to a realization that you, it, it makes sense to let their athletes smoke marijuana. I've always mm-hmm. said, instead of handing out pills, they should be handing out joints as everybody's leaving the complex. So instead of you going home and drinking alcohol, which is not yeah. good for anything, it's not good for you athletically. There's no studies that say that marijuana is a detriment to you athletically, but nobody can tell me they're, they're as good when they're hungover. So to yeah. me, I stayed away from it. But it was only because I was being tested. If, yeah. if I wasn't being tested, I would have been a, probably a better athlete, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was in the military and it was the same thing, right? You know, uh, uh, I never I never smoked cannabis when I was in high school, you know, played football, ran around with that group. We thought it wasn't cool. You know, those were the stoners and, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. One, it was once I got into the army and then I was home for the weekend with my boys and they were like, let's get Chuck Stone. This will be funny. Exactly. And then I started, I started smoking and, you know, I had to deal with that same thing like that. I would come back and be worried about, you know, getting a, you know, getting a piss test mm-hmm. and and my whole career kind of going up in smoke i think yep. it's cool pun intended i think it's cool that we have now the leagues have you know uh uh most of them i think are, are not testing for it anymore it's at least a good start well yes and, and like you said it's a start um but we still have a long way to go unless i work i work for iheart and uh, it's a uh-huh. very big company and if you come into our building here at the Dignitary Tea and Cabo House, we're very marijuana friendly. And I mm-hmm. said to my two bosses, I want you to come see what I have going on. And I brought yeah. them to the building. I said, I'm selling marijuana. I'm selling Cabo and Kratom. We have Delta 8 stuff here. I do marijuana podcast. We may be smoking on the podcast. I have my medical marijuana card. Here it is. I'm not breaking any laws. I just want you guys to all come and see this. We have a consumption lounge outside. We're working on a consumption lounge inside. I want you guys to come and see it. I don't want you to be shocked. And yeah. they, look, they looked at me and they go, do what you do. You're not doing anything illegal. And from that meeting, one of my bosses pulled me over and he said, hey, I want to talk to you a little bit. And he ended up getting his medical marijuana card. So yeah. we're, we're definitely taking big steps. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I always feel like, too, like, uh, you know, I talk to people and they say, um, you know, I'm having a hard time sleeping. 
or people are saying, you know, I've, I've got this or that. And I, you know, I'm not getting paid to, uh, to advocate for it. I'm not like on the, you know, per se the cannabis payroll, but I'm like, you know, Hey, have you tried, you know, they have some, uh, they have, they have certain edibles out there, you know, they have, they have CBD, there's, you know, different cannabinoids that actually can help you and, and are better for you than some of the over counter, over the counter stuff. So it, it is like, you know, I guess we're, we're inspiring and informing a little bit and doing our part, you know, in the media and as individuals in our circles. But I feel like we might see some kind of a tipping point, maybe, you know, if, if this ever gets nationally, um, you know, where it's at least descheduled, you know, that, that would be, that would be a massive thing because I think that a lot of people would maybe be more open, you know, to cannabis and to, you know, like you said, some of these different supplements that are available. Well, I've, I've, I've definitely changed in the last five years. And I think our yeah. world is changing around us to where, like, I would never even want to wear a shirt with a cannabis leaf on it because I didn't want to wait. I didn't like the way people were looking at me. Okay. Yeah. Not, I mean, I don't, I'm not wearing them today. I'm usually wearing Crocs with a marijuana leaf on it because I don't give a rat's ass. I don't give a rat's ass anymore because I'm not breaking yeah. any rules. I'm certainly not hurting anybody. A, a year and a half ago, I was a drinker. and. Yeah. I made bad decisions when I was a drinker and I decided to stop drinking, going to Kava, create a marijuana and I make better decisions. I wake up, I'm a better person. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not texting dumb things in the middle of the night. You wake up and you feel refreshed. You're ready to go. And for people that have problems sleeping and like my whole life, I thought I was drinking to go to sleep, not yeah. knowing that, that alcohol was detrimental to your sleeping. And People that don't like to smoke marijuana, that's fine if it, if it's not. But just take a little bit of RSO or take a, tinctures or something to get you to yeah. sleep, and you you be you might be shocked of uh, how you react to those. Yeah. And you know, the, the fact that they just discovered the endocannabinoid system, you know, what, 20, 30 years ago, it tells you that we are, you know, we're, we're still going to learn a lot and there's a lot more, you know, they, they couldn't even study cannabis because it was a schedule one. And so we're really behind on that. But I think that it's a, it's a cool thing to see people getting relief and not having the side effects that they might've had with what was available before. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm a veteran of the army. There's a real problem with, with veterans out there that are dealing with, you know, certain issues. It it could be PTSD. It could be anxiety. They could have sleep issues, you know, pain, you know, Mm -hmm. from lingering injuries and the VA, a lot of times gives them pills Mm -hmm. that one of the side effects is could cause suicide. You know, and we have a problem with vets doing that. So imagine if the VA could offer, you know, as an alternative to some of that stuff, cannabis, I just think you could help a lot of people and there'd be a lot less side effects. Well, first of all, thank you for serving our our country. And for what you say, you know, there, there is a correlation and a link between football and, 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 and veterans. There's a link there. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not comparing them. Because mm-hmm. if you listen to football in the language, it's, it sounds a, a lot like the service, you know? Yeah. And a lot of things you say can also pertain to football, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the PTSD, we're going through a lot of the same things. Um, I, my, my, right here, I'm on the corner of, uh, of uh, uh, Gandhi and West Shore, which is right next to Air For- uh, the Air Force Base. I mean, literally, yeah. I'm, a mile, I'm a mile from the Air Force Base, and we have a lot of veterans here. And they got to go around all these loops to get marijuana. It doesn't make any sense because the same veterans that can't get marijuana are going to the corner bar and are shit-faced drunk. I'm just telling you to a point yeah. where 
if it was marijuana, they would be driving home. And I'm not condoning them to drive, but it's not the same thing. And yeah. listen, when I was at, with alcohol, just mm-hmm. it affected me different than, than marijuana. I'm never, I don't say never because I'm dumb, but I'm never making decisions that I don't know I'm making when I'm smoking marijuana. When you're drinking yeah. alcohol, that's not the case. So to me, if you're against marijuana, then also be against alcohol, be against everything. And I don't, I don't, everybody has a vice. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. There's people out there like, I can't function till I have my coffee. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. like don't talk to me till I have my coffee. Right. Um, yeah. So by the way, just, just out of curiosity, uh, I noticed some people were kind of given some blowback to uh, Tom Brady. You mentioned that connection between, you know, athletes and the military. And I really feel like there is, you're correct. There's a, there's almost like a mutual admiration, correct. you know, that goes across there, but you saw, um, uh, Brady made a comment about, you know, I look at, uh, uh, when I go away, uh, with my team, that's kind of like being on deployment. And of course mm-hmm. on the internet, you know, people, people are going to complain about everything, but yeah. I really think what he was trying to say was he's not trying to compare, you know, playing football with going and, you know, possibly being in combat or something like that. But I think what he was talking about more is like, and I'd love to get your take is just more mm-hmm. like, man, we, 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 we train together. We sweat together. We, we wear the same uniform. You know, we, we go on the same mission. There's a, there's a brotherhood, a camaraderie. You have to trust the guy to the left and the right of you, you know, intrinsically. And I think he meant it more like that and not like playing in the NFL is like, you know, being an army ranger. Well, first of all, athletes are the only people in this country and I guess entertainers that have to put a microphone in their face all the darn time and we have to hear about everything that they say, okay? Yeah. So, listen, Tom Brady's a respectful person, okay? There's no way he doesn't respect the military. I've never heard anybody say, I don't respect the military. So when somebody exactly. says something that seems disrespectful to the military, my problem is, and it's like this in the rest of our country, um, a lot of somebody will say something that's uh, towards black people, and it seems like white people are more mad than black people. To me, I don't know if this would really offend people in the military. I don't know if it will, and you could speak otherwise, but I think when you said at the beginning that there is a correlation, and mm-hmm. we kind of speak, we think alike, okay? That's yeah. all he was trying to really say. Yeah. If, he, if he said it again, maybe he would twist a couple words here and there. But his intention... Mm. I'm almost 150% sure his intention wasn't to say foot playing football is the same as the military because nobody would ever say that. That's, that's an ignorant statement. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think there's also the fact that, you know, a lot of times in, in the military and, you know, in, in sports, you're encouraged to play through pain, you know, and, and, you know, finish that mission. I mean, you just saw on uh, Monday night, you know, that kicker out there with his, you know, with one leg and he was, they're like, look, man, you're our only kicker. We got to get this win. We'll worry about your hamstring after, you know, there is kind of that element of tough it out. And, you know, uh, I think that a lot of times what happens is back to the alcohol thing is, you know, you, you, you end up self-medicating. And so, you know, whether you're an athlete or in your military, you know, it just seems like that cannabis, even though there's so much stigma, um, is, is, is sometimes a better alternative. And I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think Brady, what he said, maybe it came out a little bit clunky, but we're just in a gotcha society to where, you know, man, anytime you see anything, people just can't wait to pounce. And, you know, I, I, I think as a veteran myself, I, I give Brady a pass. 
Well, once again, I'm, I'll listen to you before I listen. To, I'm part of the media, and I hate the media. And a lot yeah. of times, the media overre the media overreacts, and they make other people react a certain way. So I'm not trying to be part of that part of the media at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So are you are you a proponent of? So are you basically Cali sober? Cali sober? What does that mean? Yeah, so that's the that's kind of the new the new thing right now is where people say like I don't drink, uh, you know I don't I don't do hard drugs or anything like that, okay. but I smoke weed, and that cool. and that is kind of becoming sort of cool. I think mm -hmm. amongst a lot of you know maybe that's a West Coast thing or something like yeah. that, but that's kind of becoming a, a thing, and um, I think that would probably be cool if you could go to a club and you know instead of maybe getting a, a gin and tonic, you could get mm -hmm. a uh, you know a THC drink or like you said a you know, a, a Kratom drink or, you know, something like that. Um, you know, do you think that that might be something that we see sometime soon? Well, I mean, that's what I created here. And Cali Sober makes sense after you explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, yes, I am. I am Cali Sober. Uh, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm about anything that grows from the, from the ground. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do experiment a little bit with mushrooms. Uh, I have read up quite a bit on mushrooms and what it can do to your brain waves and different things. And I just experimented a little bit, definitely curious a little bit more. Uh, I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers has been getting a lot of crap about ayahuasca, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I've not yeah. indulged in it, but I'm definitely curious about it. But uh, to me, um, I'm all, I'm all about plants and plants over pills. Okay. And yeah. a kava bar, if, I don't know if you've ever had kava before or kratom. That's what a kava bar is. I grew up yeah. in bars my whole life and didn't really even understand why I was going to the bar. And it wasn't yeah. really the alcohol. It was really just the camaraderie and hang out with like-minded people. And a call yeah. bar is that. You sit down. If you walk in, it looks just like a bar. We yeah. just don't serve alcohol. We serve kava, which is from the root of a pepper plant, and kratom, which is a botanical tea. But they both, they, they both have benefits physically, mentally, but you don't get drunk. You're not impaired. And when yeah. everything becomes recreational – and everybody's like, oh, we can have recreational at bars. Good luck with that. Good luck with weed and alcohol together. That will that will implode immediately. Weed and kava and kratom are a perfect match. I mean, match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the alcohol will be segregated. You know, you probably won't be able to just walk into a bar and get a, you know, gin and tonic or a, you know, THC beer. But, you know, definitely the social aspect, I think, is important, you know, because people do want to be able to go out. And if, you you know, you want to go out, you want to be able to hang out with your friends, you want to have a good time, but maybe you don't want to drink, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's nice to have some options and, you know, some other things out there. So what do you think about, um, you know, you're, you're down there in Florida, uh, you guys have medical, do you think that, um, that, that, uh, adult use will be coming down the pike soon? Do you think Florida's, uh, geared up for that? Well, I was just, I was hitting up my Instagram today and there was a couple of different feeds talking about, I guess, circle cages said they're going to be selling marijuana at a circle case in 2023. So wow. they may, they may have, and it said Florida. So they may have a little info, inside information on this state becoming recreational. I, I've had people, like I've talked to just about everybody on the inside. People are saying 2025. I've heard 2023, but it's on the horizon. So um, I'm trying to get ready before because yeah. I'm, I'm doing the consumption lounge and stuff before it goes recreational. And once it goes recreational, that's too late. 
Yeah, you're you're pretty much a pioneer, like right. I mean, where where you're doing what you're doing right now, you know, in Tampa. Like I'm in, I'm in Denver, Colorado, and here, yeah. man, we got dispensaries everywhere, and there's yeah. consumption lounges and stuff like that. But in Florida, a little bit different, and you yeah. you truly are kind of a a pioneer and an innovator by bringing this and and making this a. Uh, uh, you know, an option for the people out there. That's a, I tip my cap to you, man. That's, that's some innovative stuff right there. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm intelligent enough to, to link myself up with people who knows what the hell they're doing. And when I talk to people in the industry, I don't ask, where are we? I ask where, where's it going? So I yeah. rather, I like to ask you what's going on in Denver and you, what yeah. you tell me that's where we're going. Okay. So I asked people where we're going and everything was about, getting a medical marijuana card, and we have a cannabis mm-hmm. dock right in our building. I'm looking right across from his office right there. So you can get your medical marijuana card in our building. Now we have yeah. a consumption lounge outside, and we're creating one inside. Now the thing is, somebody says, well, is it legal to have a consumption lounge inside? And my answer is, well, if five people are inside smoking marijuana and the cops come in and we all have our medical marijuana card, what exactly are they going to be arresting us for? So yeah. it's a technicality, but I, I'm going to be the first one. You know what? If I get arrested for smoking marijuana in my building, it might be the best thing ever happened to my business. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. And you're right. Once you kind of open that, once you, they've opened that Pandora's box, you know, mm-hmm. like we've got an in and if it's medicine, man, you can't, you know, you can't mess with people's medicine. And that's, right. that's, I think, you know, the, the, the best chance we have of getting this across the country. And I've talked to a lot of people on this podcast is they think the medical route, you know, first is making this to where it's descheduled so that it can be used as medicine. You know, that it's, it's undeniable that there are medical benefits, cannabis, CBD. You know, if you've ever seen a video of a little kid, you know, having seizures or something, and they give mm-hmm. him a few drops of that, of that cannabis oil and they stop, it doesn't matter if you're left, right, center, you know what I mean? It's undeniable that there's medical benefits. So, you know, hopefully that opens the door and then, you know, maybe the states will decide, you know, if they want to have the adult or whatever, but it just seems inevitable, you know, that this is the way and that we've been kind of holding back something that can help people for a really long time. Well, I mean, we call ourselves the land of opportunity and all this different stuff. And like mm-hmm. there's people whose kids, needed marijuana and they had to drive over state lines and take a chance of getting arrested to give some their kid a plant okay so to me the whole thing is it sounds backwards i had a good friend of mine whose whose mother had cancer going through chemotherapy and she was like she was crying she was eating she's dying i'm watching her take these pills the pills are eating her up she can't go to the bathroom she can't do this she doesn't have any appetite and i said here, give her some of these. I just gave her some, I, I had some edibles from Cure Leave. I go, give her one of these and see see what happens. She came back crying again for different reasons. She goes, she changed. And I said, well, what happened? She took one of those edibles and everything was okay. And I was, I just, I was just thinking to myself, like, I'm not a doctor and I probably was wrong for giving her that. But what a darn shame that I have to go through that. And they're giving yeah. her stuff that, that we know kills you. It yeah. kills people every single day. And there's mills and all these things. And there's there's uh, dispensaries starting to pop up everywhere here. And I'm mm-hmm. happy. I'm happy. But we're not nearly where we need to be. Yeah. And what I've noticed, too, is, you know, a lot of the nurses and doctors, which, first of all, you know, uh, hats off to them because they've, they've got a super important job. And we just went through a pandemic. And, you know, I, I, I respect the hell out of those people. And, you know, that they're, they're super important. 
but there's a lot of them that don't know anything about cannabis, you know, and, and I don't know if that's, you know, gonna, gonna start becoming part of their, their curriculum, you know, or something like that. But if more nurses and doctors were aware of cannabis and the benefits, they might be able to get people off some of those other drugs, like you're talking about with the side effects. But honestly, they don't teach them about that. They don't learn about that in medical school. They don't learn about it in their colleges. And that's something that definitely has to change. I've heard some of the younger doctors are suggesting cannabis, but you have to mm. understand a lot of these old fuddy-duddy 70-year-old doctors, you know, they were in medical school 50 years ago. They were yeah. watching Reefer Madness. They thought Reefer Madness was real, you know yeah. what I mean, 50 years ago. So they yeah. can't possibly push anybody towards cannabis. But the hypocrisy mm -hmm. the hypocrisy over the whole thing is, Man, I don't know a doctor that doesn't smoke weed. I don't know a nurse that doesn't smoke weed. I don't yeah. know a doc I don't know a lawyer or a judge that doesn't smoke weed. And they've been putting people in, in jail for smoking weed forever. So it's just it's enough. Okay. It's enough. And I know Biden did a couple of things to help out, but it's still it's just not, it's not enough and it's not quick enough for me. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because that was uh I guess, you know, obviously very small gesture. Um, but it, I think is the first time that a U.S. president ever said anything positive, you know, on the record about cannabis. In fact, here at Cannabis and Tech Today, uh, uh, Bill Clinton was uh, speaking at a school last year and uh, he said that, um, that, that CBD is good and helps a lot of people with a lot of things. And we had someone there, we ran that story. We were like, holy crap, this is the first time a president has said, you know, this on the record. And all of a sudden there people were like, you got to take that down. That was closed to the media and everything. And, you know, the internet remembers forever. So we took it down. It didn't matter. But that was a big deal that a sitting president, even though it was a long time coming, I thought that it was at least some words and some dialogue we had never heard before that hopefully is just the start, you know, and hopefully it is going to get people out of jail and it is going to lead to some type of descheduling so that, uh, you know, so that we can we can make this accessible. Well, God, God forbid a president tells the truth. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> they should have shut him down immediately. And listen, Kamala Harris is, was, is, there, was, is a proponent. But yeah. we have to understand, we still live in America. She's still a, yeah. black, she's still a black woman. They're, mm -hmm. they're not going to allow a black woman to change too, too much. All right? So, yeah. you know, Obama, the first black president, eh, he wasn't the right person to do it either. So I, yeah. I, really, I, I, I'm, let me tell you something about politics, okay? Yeah, I hate them all. I hate all yeah. of them. I don't believe any of them. I don't believe in. Yeah. I don't even believe in politics. But yeah. I think it's in Joe Biden some nuts to actually step forward and say something that everybody should have been saying forever. And God forbid you say CBD is good for you. What yeah. I mean, what what's the other end of the, of the argument? I'm not quite sure. Wow, right. <laughs> It's just, yeah, you're right, man. It's a lot of powerful forces. And, uh, you know, anytime there's change that's going to disrupt an industry, man, they're going to fight like hell to keep that from happening. And I think that they'll fight like hell until eventually they jump in, you know, and they realize they can make money off it because we're probably not too far away from big pharma, big tobacco, even big beverage is moving into this space and preparing to get ready because they can scale, you know, and they can come in and they can lose a ton of money in the beginning to grab that market share where a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the smaller operators and stuff, they, they don't have the deep pockets. Well, on, on our show, uh, Beckles and Retcher, Jay uh, Retcher is in his thirties. Mm -hmm. And anytime he asks me a question, why, before he answers, finish the question, I usually say money. 
Yeah. And that's always the answer. Okay. Yeah. And you're asking why you don't want to hear that CBD works. You know why? Money. Because if, if people figure out that CBD can help you out, Big Pharma will lose trillions of dollars i mean yeah. the number is, is, is astronomical so they don't want that out there and they still yeah. don't want that out there because they're still gouging us for millions and trillions of dollars i i, I just i had a, a, an appointment the other day with a the do, a neurologist for the nfl okay and at the end of the appointment he goes man you're pretty smart i go thank you he goes you clearly don't have cte and i go no i know that but i, I have to do this as a you know I, i'm supposed to do this right you know he yeah. does it at the end of the whole thing he goes um he goes, do you want a prescription for Adderall? And I go, why? He goes, do you want it? And I, wow. and I just, it, blew, it blows my mind. Like, yeah, that's, that's got to stop. Forget about somebody smoking a plant and making themselves yeah. feel good before they go. That's got to stop. Those are the those are the thieves and the burglars. Those are the ones that are screwing the rest of the country. And they're also the ones living on the top of the hill in the biggest houses as well. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And by the way, when you talk about money, you know, I've, I've uh, uh, done some work with Redman and the United Empowerment Party, and we're trying to make it so that, you know, we can, we can support candidates that are pro-cannabis, whether they're left or right or whatever, and trying to do it. And one of the things that we found out by talking to, you know, politicians and people that have served in the Senate and things like that is that, listen, it's all about money. Because you can have people that are with you on a bill and you go and say to those guys, hey, listen, man, I can count on your vote for this, right? Like you believe it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, yep, yep, yep. I'm there. But then a lobbyist pulls them out and the lobbyist says, hey, man, I'm going to cut your funds off. I'm going to tell people not to vote for you if you go for this. And even if it's a good thing like cannabis, even if it's a good thing, like, you know, anything that helps the people, if those lobbyists that put the money in the politicians' pockets, say, you cannot support this, you can't vote for it, they come back and they say, sorry, man, can't do it. Even if it makes sense and it's common sense and cannabis does not have the lobbyists in D.C., they do not have the lobbyists that the alcohol industry does, the pharmaceutical industry, the gun industry. Those guys run so deep and they've got their hands in everybody's pockets that I really feel like even though cannabis pulls great and even though cannabis is good for the economy and it helps people and it gets people off that addictive stuff, it's until we've got the money behind it in D.C., mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to get that uh, you know, on, on, on anything other than a local level. First of all, tell Redman I said what's up. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Redman. And well, he's the best, everybody... man. He's so real. Oh, he's, I, I love everything he's about. And let's get yeah. back to the, the 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 money part of it, okay? Uh-huh. We, live in the, you, we live in the United States of America, and there's the American way, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to explain the American way to you. I'm going to explain the American way in my world. Yeah. I'm not pro-gun. I'm not against guns. I think if you should you should have a gun if you want, you should there should be some regulations, no doubt about it. But I'm not pro or against anything. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. If the NRA comes to me and say, Ian, here's 50 million, don't ever speak out against guns, that word won't come out of my mouth again. But <laughs> I'll have fifty million dollars in my bank account. That's the American yeah. that's the American way. That's what happens. They're not proponents of it, they're just not speaking against it. So yeah. that's what happens in politics, and you guys can call it what they want anymore, but politics is, is I don't even know. They, they need a different word for it because it's, yeah, it's, man. it's fugazi. 
it's as crooked as scoliosis, man. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Ian, it has been an absolute pleasure. I know you got to get out of here. You're a busy guy. Can you give the audience just a quick, uh, a quick outro of where they can, you know, maybe get a hold of you mm-hmm. or, you know, how they can go check out the Dignity Kava House and, uh, you know, let them know how they can, um, can hear some more from you. Well, I have a couple of podcasts. I have an In the Trenches podcast, which is about football. Um, I have a cannabis cup podcast, which is called Plant Power Podcast. We talk about all the different plants and stuff like that. Actually, we're going to be talking about ayahuasca this week. Uh, if you come to Tampa, in the South Tampa area, we're at the Dignitary Tea and Kava House, 4817 Southwest Shore Boulevard, uh, with the best creative and the best kava in town. We have a consumption lounge here if you like to indulge. And as far as social media, um, I do them all, but I'm really active on Instagram. It's uh, Ian underscore Beckles. That's B-E-C-K-L-E-S. Everybody knows how to spell Ian since the hurricane. And uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm just, you know, chilling here in Tampa, Florida and uh, enjoying the beautiful weather. We're having a cold front. It's 70 degrees. Yeah. Cold. Can you believe it? You got to bust out your sweaters and your winter jackets and your Uggs. Yeah. Like, it's crazy now. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. It is, man. Well, Ian, thank you so much. And to everybody that's listening, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Uh, Ian Beckles, we really appreciate you. PolyScience, our title sponsor who makes this thing happen. By the way, uh, if you're going to be at MJ Biz, make sure you check us out with uh, Summit Research. We're going to be recording some podcasts there. That is at booth 2417. That's PolyScience and Summit Research. And don't forget to look for some golden tickets in the magazines. We're giving away prizes. And last but not least, Make sure you follow us. It's Canatech Today on social media. We're on all the platforms, the facey space, everything like that. And uh, if you like this episode of the podcast, hit the like button and make sure that you subscribe. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next time on Cannabis Tech Talks. You've been chopping it up with Chuck. We'll check you later. Hey, hello. I'm Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Wait. You didn't think people would know who I am? Durachill. Uh, this is Durachill. This is Durachill. This is Durachill. No. Hey, I don't talk like that. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. You can't go wrong.